welcome to hell, an FC St. Pauli podcast. It's Luke here, and I am flying solo this week, all on my own. No Gunner or Trev, so you'll get to hear a man slowly descend into madness as he talks to himself, uh, with no one to keep him company but his dog. But sure, anyway, who needs mates? Um, I'll figure it out, right? There's not a whole lot to talk about anyway. Um, so it was St. Pauli's first home match of the season and it ended in a nil-nil draw against Dusseldorf, although a good performance, all things considered. Um, I guess we'll just get stuck into it. So first of all, the lineup. Uh, the main surprise was no Albers. He was replaced by Dapo Afalayan, who came back into the team after... A bit of a knock, uh, although he came in playing false nine, I guess I would call it. I don't know. I just call it false nine if it's someone who's not a striker playing up front. But yeah, that was the only change. Um, I actually thought Tapo did pretty good in that position. Uh, but you have to worry for our other forwards, including Albers, as to why a winger's playing in their position. Uh, but anyway, yeah, other than that, as, as you would expect, Vasil and Nets, back three of Val, Smith and Metz. Uh, the wingbacks were Saliakas and Ritzke, Hoddle and Jackson Irvine in midfield. And then a front three of Connor Metcalf, Dabo Avalion and Elias Saad. Um, so yeah, first match back, the stay suit had the flags out, good atmosphere as you would expect. Uh, packed out stadium we were promised chips actually and there were no chips so I'll be keeping an eye out for for the next home game I know it's a while away maybe they just needed some time to set up the Friars but that was almost as disappointing as dropping two points uh, yeah as I said you know kind of disappointing because we really should have won this one um, we were by far the better team we had enough chances but, you know, the, the luck just wasn't with us and it happens sometimes. What can you do? Um, from the start, we give away possession, actually. It's a weird one. Uh, Hartle just ran at them and gave up the ball and we were immediately on the back foot. But uh, there was some good intervention from Halka Val, I think, which prevented a, a good chance. Um, and then after that, we kind of took over. Uh, sort of limited Dusseldorf to few opportunities, controlled the game, um, very fluid formations, saw a lot of different looks, and we created some good chances. The first one of note would probably be Jackson Irvine hitting the bar with a left-footed strike, but the the keeper got a hand to it. This keeper as well, by the way, one of the reasons why we didn't score. He had an absolute stormer of a match. Uh, and he just shot him. So Florian Kastenmeyer, fucking hell. Uh, he was unbeatable. Absolute wall. We had so many good opportunities and even when they were on target, which the majority of them were, he was just wouldn't be beaten one of those days. What can you do? Um, but it's, you know, good sign that a good team like Dusseldorf come to the Milan Tour and uh, they have to rely on their keeper to have turn into prime Manuel Neuer in order to get a point. So, actually, Jackson had a, a good few chances. Uh, 
His next one came about 10 minutes before. There might have been a header before this, but it uh, was a bit of a half chance. He had a great chance about 10 minutes before half time. After some really nice play on the right hand side between Metcalf, Saliakas, and Hoddle. But once again, keeper p- pulls off a wonder save. Um, at that stage, you could just see Jackson head in hand, thinking, fuck, what have I got to do to score against this guy? Um, there was also some really nice diagonal balls from Eric Smith out to El Assad. And we know once he gets one-on-one with his man, El Assad is hard to beat. So uh, that caused Dusseldorf a few problems. Uh, at halftime, I was thinking we really should have been at least 1-0 up. But I was confident that we would eventually score. Um I'm sure the the boys were thinking the same. But alas, only a point in the end. Um, In the second half, much of the same as the first half, dominating the play. Dusseldorf had their moments, one or two long shots. Um, I think maybe they had three chances of note throughout the entire match. Uh, But whenever you look at the chances that St. Pauli created... It's, they didn't really compare. And we just checked the XG here. So St. Pauli had an XG of about 1.3 to Dusseldorf's 0.6. Uh, so yes, that says it all. Pretty much um, I played them on that front. Uh, so another Jackson Irvine chance that I should mention. Around the 60th minute, um, there was some really nice play in midfield. Between him and Dapo, he passes it into Dapo, who's obviously playing up front, who lays it off for Jackson Irvine. uh, And he dances through the defence to get himself one-on-one with their keeper. And I'll only give you one guess what happens next. Yep, keeper saves it. Uh, And at that stage, you're you're just like, all right, it's not going to happen for us today. Uh, We've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at them and still haven't scored. Um, And then... Mets get sent off, which doesn't help matters. That was 82nd minute. It was a a sort of a red card. He caught his man way too high. Um, even Mets himself didn't look like he was that surprised. There was no complaints. You know, uh, this day and age, you can't be kicking people in the knees. Um, I don't know if any day and age you were allowed to stick your studs on someone's knee, actually, but... Ah, yeah, no complaints there. It was a definite red. And for the remaining, what, 10 minutes, um, we were just protecting what we had. And we know from past experience that we're very good at doing that. So even though we were down to 10 men and the pressure was coming a bit more from Dusseldorf as they try to find a winner, I never really felt like that point was in jeopardy. Um, just because how how we good we are at you know defending what we have, whether that be a lead or or a, a point with ten men. Um. So yeah, nil nil in the end. Should have won it. Jackson Irvine could have had a hat trick, but despite that, he as he played really well. I think he got man of the match. Um. Obviously, you got to get into those positions to have the chances. Uh. The one in particular where he got one-on-one with the keeper was just some 
really nice, really nice player. Um, and overall, it was a good performance, you know. Um, that front three of Metcalf, Afalayan and Saad was extremely fluid. Um, it really kept Dusseldorf on their toes because we we know the teams like to come to the Milan tour and be extremely man-orientated and diligent in their defending. Um, and that's what Dusseldorf did. They they came and tried to make things difficult for us. I think even their coach said in the in the post-match presser that they tried to do what they did a few months ago when they came. And I think that was a draw as well. And just go man to man. So to combat that, Hertzler switched up the formation very often. Um, just so that their their man to man marking wouldn't be as effective. And it did work to an extent. I mean, we created enough chances to win the game. Um when we especially when we got sad uh on the ball and isolated hit the fullback we looked dangerous and there was some good play on the right between Saliakas and Metcalf um so they it's so difficult in game to to match up with an opposition who's constantly changing formation so I'm guessing this is something that was worked on hard in pre-season uh, by St. Pauli and Hutzler I know he's a very demanding coach so I guess we're seeing the the fruits of their labor uh, but again, you got you got to give some credit to Fortuna because they did a very good job of reacting to those in-game changes in formation, as is as you can see by by the scoreline. Uh, Hertzler said that it was one of the best performances he's seen from the St. Pauli team in his tenure. I would I would guess he was most happy or most satisfied with how dominant we were against a, a good Dusseldorf side without giving up many chances in in transitional moments. The I guess to be fair, the times that Dusseldorf did look threatening was from individual errors or per passes by by St. Pauli that uh that let Fortuna in. Um the opening few seconds springs to mind when, as I previously mentioned, when Hoddle give up possession, which he doesn't normally do, to be fair to him. Um, so yeah, it's not like it's not like they were creating chances by playing through us. That very rarely happened if at all. So definitely a lot to be satisfied about. Um, just want to quickly go back to the the formation because when I saw. Afalayan starting as a nine or false nine, whatever. I was surprised because, firstly, I was surprised because the reason why Afalayan left Bolton is because they changed formation and stopped playing with wingers, which meant he had to play in a two-man uh, striking partnership up and he just didn't, it didn't suit him, you know, he, he likes running at people, he likes creating chances for other players, he needs a bit of space, um, so I was worried that he might take the hump, or or he wouldn't see the best of him, because at Bolton, when I, when he went up front, the assists dried up, and the goals, and previously when he was on the wing for Bolton, he was electric, so I was worried that 
you know, this really what this change of position wasn't going to suit him at all. But the difference, I guess, between St. Pauli and Bolton is how fluid this formation is. Um, he's got so many runners off of him. Um, in particular, we saw Irvine doing that a lot more than, than we have previously. And of course, from Saad and Metcalf, either side of him. And he did a good job of holding the ball up when he needed to. Um, I think Dabo's a lot stronger than than he looks. And I, I'd say that's why he got got tasked with that job ahead of Saad and Metcalf, who, who might be a bit more slight, especially Saad. I couldn't imagine him playing in that role. Um, But yeah, Albers getting dropped in a second game. A few people reached out to me after the last podcast thinking I went a bit too harsh on Albers and I probably did. I, I didn't mean for it to sound like a personal attack. I just thought it was a strange signing. And I'm even more perplexed now after he gets dropped in the second match um, in and gets replaced by a winger. Because why did we bother signing him in the first place? It's not like he was young and unproven and had a lot of potential and we sort of didn't know what we were getting. There was, we knew exactly what we were getting with Albers. There's plenty of tape out there, you know. It's not some 16-year-old from South America where there's just sort of whispers through the grapevine that he's some great talent. Like, we we knew what we were getting. Um, He pretty much did what anyone could have expected him to do in, in that f- first match. Um, so so why why sign him? You know, it's a weird one. It's not his fault, obviously. Um, I think he'd be a good backup. But if he is to be a backup, then we need to we need to sign a new striker. I'm more confident that that's going to happen now because, as I'm sure you've seen, Medic went to Ajax. I think the fee was 2.5 million, which could possibly rise to three um, with add-ons. So, yeah, we've got to wish him all the best. He was a great servant to the club. Bit of good um, transfer moves by Bonaman getting the Val deal done early and signing Mets on a permanent, you know, with an eye to, to Medic eventually leaving. Um, I I think we have enough depth already in that position uh, because Nemeth is back fit as is Zvigala I believe and Zvigala looked really good in pre-season even popped up with a couple of goals so even without Medic I don't think we need to invest in any more defenders I want that money going on a striker as I'm sure most St. Pauli fans do um, we'll just have to see who's out there in the market and hopefully Bonaman can get, get the deal done. Uh, so other transfer news, we signed another winger, which I was very surprised about. Scott Banks signed on loan from Crystal Palace, uh, young Scottish winger. He's only 21 years of age. And I think he was last on loan at Bradford. Was it where he looked good and scored and assisted quite a few. Um, I have watched his highlight reel, as you do, and he looks a great player, to be fair. I know I know anybody can look good in a highlight reel of cherry-picked moments, but he seems very good 
at dribbling. He can score from anywhere. I've seen him whip one into the top corner on his left foot. So, yeah, he's a left footer, but he plays on the right, so he likes to cut in. And, you know, the the Iron Robin cut inside man. Uh, but very technically gifted. Um, very nice link-up play with uh, with his teammates, I noticed from those highlights as well. So it's an exciting one. Like I think he can add a lot. He seems a, a bit like sad in that he's technically very good and he'll cause defenders in this league a lot of problems, but very young. Um, a bit slight he might get bullied off the ball a bit but I mean the kid played in League 2 um, which I'm sure is no picnic so I'm sure he's used to to getting kicked up and down the pitch um, I'm very excited to see him him play uh, so he extended his contract before he left Crystal Palace so I'm not sure if there's an option to buy in this loan deal I hope so because if he looks really good for us I don't just want him going back to Palace or you know getting signed up by some championship team. Um, but it just gives us incredible depth now in those uh, in those wing positions. We have, after signing Sildani, we now have four players competing for two positions. Is it, or even five, I guess. Yeah, it's metal. So the what concerns me there is maybe Hutzler is thinking, oh, we don't even need a striker. I'll just keep putting wingers in that position. Um, which could work, I guess. Like, I trust Hutzler, but I just think it's a risky move, especially when we just sold Manage for a good chunk of change and there should be money there to to invest in a striker. Um, he clearly does not trust Aminiedo or Eggestein. Um I don't know if he's trying to send them a message like, here, listen, you got to go find yourself another club if you want to play play football. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, but we don't know their situation. They might be on money that they won't be able to get anywhere else because obviously they haven't played much football um, last season. So it's a difficult one to say. So, what else is there to say? Our next match, it's the Cup, the DFB Pokal. Uh, we're away to Atlas Delmenhorst. But a bit of a bollocks Delmenhorst, um, by the sounds of things. I saw they got in trouble there last week because they were training in the gym of a known Nazi. Like, not even sort of... Not even a dude who was accused of having far-right leanings, like a full-blown Nazi and proud of it. So, yeah, not a good look, is it? And I think when they got challenged on that, their, their, um, the way they defended themselves was, oh, well, he wasn't fucking Zick Highland up and down the gaff whenever we were there, which is just ludicrous. Like, So hopefully we give them a good schlabbing. They're in the, is it the fifth division of German football? Uh, so I expect there to be lots of changes. Um, I think we'll see Silnani. Hopefully we see Scott Banks. I would like to see him play, especially against a weaker opposition. Um, 
might be the type of game where we get to see uh, what he does best. Um, yeah, so lots of rotation, I'd say. Some of the the more senior players might get a rest. Uh, Jackson Irvine was actually a doubt going into the Dusseldorf match, so he might get a rest. Um, and, you know, we've, we have depth. There's very good players sitting on our bench who I'm sure want minutes. So, yeah, the, we could have five, six changes for that. Um, and then after Delmhorst, we are away to foot. Uh, so next week, hopefully I'll be back with a couple of my mates. Because I feel like a fucking arsehole sitting here on my own. Chatting to no one, except you, good listener, if you're out there. Um, yeah, we'll preview for it. Uh, and chat to you next week. Thanks for listening to my rambling. Sorry if I rushed through it, but as I said, I, I don't really enjoy sitting in a room on my own and talking to no one. So I'll leave you to it. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Talk to you next week.